Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. Alex Brampernard Rasmussen. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brampernard. And Melissa Bernard. We'll be right back to kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. Never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. My funky one. That's what I call Catherine. I call Catherine my funky one. Call he does, and I say stop doing that. Leave stop me calling me your funky one, please. Pen. <clears throat> I understand that completely. No doubt about it. So I'm just looking at some highlights and you know today. How about and some lowlights? Well, they're all lowlights. That's the whole problem yeah. with it. Is uh, I'm looking. The highlights are all lowlights. That's just how it is. I saw a um, video on Twitter that was really, it was kind of <laughs> disturbing yet nice because this school district in Alabama, mm -hmm. they cannot buy enough food to feed their students. Why There's not? no supplies. Oh, there's no supplies. There's yeah. no supplies. The teachers, they're all having to get, like, specialized uh, funds to go to Walmart to try to buy meat. Meanwhile, Alabama grows how many crops and has how much cattle? I don't know what's going on. There's, like, and they showed at, at Walmart a big semi-truck. It was half full. They're, like, the supplies just are not coming in. And as everybody knows... There's a lot of poor kids that they get fed at school. Right. That's exactly right. Yes. They get their breakfast, they get their lunch, and a lot of times that's all they get all day long, as far as anybody knows. That's because President Biden's a racist. 
Oh, oh is that why? Yeah, okay. that's got to be it. Well, it must be well, it. Well, yeah. it doesn't sound... Well, everything is always the president's that's, fault, that's, so... That's, that's a real problem for these children. Yes. And they rely on this, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. We should support them. Mm-hmm. So this should be something our president <laughs> should get involved. Just, it's no, not much different than a hurricane or anything like that. What's it take to get a couple pieces of meat out to a school? Nothing. Apparently the supply chains, we talked about that, 40, usually 40 ships sitting there trying yep. desperate, you know, to oh, yeah. uh, unload yep. off the coast of California, mm-hmm. and we'll they don't, have, they don't have anybody to... Let's make grilled cheese with government cheese and some bread. It's Sh- done. Yep. Shouldn't this be a National Guard issue? Can't they go and unload these stupid ships if we can't idea. find people that's, to do it? That's because our government's racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. It's got to be it some racist, sort of social justice problem. It was racist for problem. Katrina. It's racist for everything else. All yep. the other things that we don't get the stuff there quite quick enough, it's because it's racist. There you go. Uh, it was it was really like oh my god these poor I mean they're like we have enough now for tomorrow, we don't know if we'll have enough food. I mean there's there's sometimes giving them um, little little boxes of cinnamon toast crunch, but, along me. with a banana for lunch because they can't find any other food. There's nothing in the stores. I've been hearing this across the country. There's a lot of supply chain issues. Out west, it's bad, and in some states, yeah, for some reason. Yeah, constantly is saying that there's, like, Yeah, empty shelves stuff. already. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't seen that here. No, yeah, I, I haven't seen either. anything. No. I don't know why, but I have not seen that here. No. Well, we'll keep an eye on these kids and see what happens. Like, look, they're just trying to control all the people. That's all they're doing is the control, control, control. So they can have all the power and make all the decisions and make all the money. That, that's all they're doing. They're controlling the people. And the people are stupid enough to let them do it. I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it sounds very harsh, but it's true. People have gotten dumber by the day. And I, what, what drove that? Do you think? Why are people so incredibly well, Social media. Right now? Yeah, that's exactly well, social right. Social media. Everybody's spending their time yeah. looking at absolutely nothing. People can't handle the, social media. The, no, they cannot. It dumbs them. It, and then they, they think they get everything from social media. They think they, anybody can be, learn anything from social media. You can't. You can learn some things. Yeah. Not the, be, truth. Be, yeah, yeah, the truth. That's, that's true. And, and critical thinking is not taught no. with social media. No. No, it is not. We have lammers. I, I have yet to watch the entire um, interview. I've only read little... Uh, quotes from the thing on 60 Minutes with that Facebook whistleblower. Oh, yeah. oh Hogan, yeah. What a deal that is, huh? Let's Hogan? just push hate on people because hate sells and gets the clicks and brings in more money. That's basically the bottom line, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's all about bringing in money. This this Mark Zuckerberg should go to prison for what he did. Well, that's like I read a book called Digital Minimalism. And the guy, Sean Parker, who was one of the founders of Facebook, mm-hmm. was he had like a TED Talk or something, and he was just talking about how he's like, every single thing on your phone and on every yeah. social media is meant for you to be addicted to it. They yeah, do no doubt. literally every single thing is so it's studied to make you addicted to it. Electronic equivalent of Doritos. It's the perfect yep. food, the perfect, exactly. perfect yeah. media. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly He held it up right. and he's like, this is a slot machine. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's all just meant to trigger everything. It's all researched to make sure that it's addictive. Well, that's one wild. Even um, mobile and not even mobile video games have gotten to be like that. 
they yeah. inst- the mechanics they have in place, if you like know what to look for, they'll have, you know, you got to get your daily login bonus. So mm-hmm. you got to log in yeah. every day and you they you have to play for 60 minutes a day to get another bonus. And yeah. then they'll give you a ticket so you can spin the wheel and maybe mm-hmm. you'll get the good prize, but you might not, but you come back every day to spin the wheel. Yeah, but oh you God. know who started that? Who? Facebook. Yeah. Facebook did? That's Honestly, right. yeah. It all started on Facebook. Yep. Before Once they realized like yeah. how to get people addicted to things like that, yeah. that's when Everybody. video games started my, jumping on that trend. Too. My grandmother would spend money on Facebook so she could keep playing this game on yep. Facebook. Oh, really? yeah. I, oh, never, yeah. I never got into the games Farmville on Facebook. Farmville was like the first one was, of those, yeah. wasn't it? Was, yeah. She yeah. was home all the time and yeah. had nothing what to do. What else is she going to do? <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, app ga- app games on your yeah. phone. Mom, with your uh, farm game. Uh, you did your farm day. Oh, yeah. You I spent, my farm day. Yeah, and she spends money on it and does. Not, not, not really. Well, what do you mean? Uh, no, not really. Oh, that, that's, how, that's just like the Louis Anderson thing. He comes out. He's in Vegas. He says, uh, how you doing? I'm about even. He says, oh, you're way down. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. Not really. Yeah, you spend no, a lot. I, mean, I might spend some, but not, not No, I'm not saying that you spend tons of money. I'm just saying you do... Spend and money I also on it. take a long, long, long breaks from it, and yeah. I go back. If oh, listen there's, to this. Yeah. this if time, I this if th- I'm sitting around a lot watching my dad sleep in his chair, yeah. what else am I going <laughs> to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to do? I suppose I could yeah. bring a you're, book. You're backfilling that hole that you dug with that oh. first comment. I don't no, mind. No, I don't it is money. true, no. though. I mean, it's it's interesting when you go on Twitter and you look at what's trending. It's almost all video games. Yeah. Almost everything is video games. It's yeah. amazing how many people game, yeah. are talking about video games, playing video games, new releases of video games. It's just like, man, well, they basically that is a huge replaced industry. a lot. They've replaced Hollywood for a lot of people, yeah, especially younger people. Yep. Because they just really like TV. No, no young person really cares about TV anymore. No. Yeah. God no. When you can interact, Sagey and Fawn do. Yeah. Can why I would, watch why something would I watch? at Nana and Bob's house? It's unbelievable. Why would I watch TV when I can play, you know, Fortnite or Roblox or whatever? That's about it. Yeah. That's the thought process, and it, you know, it's, there's a valid point there. Well, if you watch television, you've got virtue signaling in every single program. Oh God! You play yes. a game, you're oh, just yeah. playing. You get to actually. <laughs> nope, that's tune not out. true anymore. Oh really? No. Fortnite. They had a nice little event where they played Martin Luther King quotes, and you could tour the Black History Museum in Fortnite. Oh. Can you tour? So all can you museum? imagine playing Super Mario Brothers? And a Goomba's like, let me tell you about the plight of the American Indian. <laughs> you may not progress until you've learned. A Goomba? That's what they're called, Goombas. I thought it was Spaghetti Whoa. Twister. Oh, oh, well, the Goombas aren't Italian. They're weird oh. little mushroom things. I don't know what they what are. What a Goomba is an Italian. Though. That's know, right. But That's I don't a... think they knew that in Japan in 1984. <laughs> or whatever. I guess not. <laughs> they just knew the word sounded funny. It was funny. Yesterday on the show, we were joking around about this and the other thing. I said, eh, typical spaghetti bender. A woman named Danielle calls in, hey, Tommy, I'm Italian. It's spaghetti twister. Mm. <laughs> she was the greatest. Well, because you eat it with the fork, and then you twist yeah, the you fork. Twist it. Yep. You twist it around, exactly. So, Timmy. Yeah. What's the latest with you? Well, I got a text over the weekend that said, uh, from Michael Bryant, that said, I didn't see the point of them doing the movie. Well, I wonder what Tommy thought about it. it Tommy went with me. He said he hated the many saints of Newark. (laughs) 
What's up? I thought what it was, happened? It was horrible. That's what was up. Tim it was, liked it. It's terrible. Don't I tell, liked it. Don't what, tell what? Tim his movie's bad. No, no, that's fine. We all have our, our likes and dislikes. But, you know, one thing I will say, I mean, it's more of a mob movie than it is an episode of The Sopranos. So it's got nothing to do with The Sopranos. That's true. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's got well, I mean, yeah, it, it does because a lot of the characters are from The Sopranos. The younger versions, but what yeah. I'm saying is, is that when you have to compact all this stuff into two hours, right? You don't have time for those extended moments that made the show great. Well, the problem you know, that I it's had gotta, it's more cinematic than The Sopranos. Yeah. The Sopranos did play out like a TV show. I mean, and that's not to belittle it in any sort of way. It just had the time to tell the story. Is it a prequel? Prequel or a what yes. is? Oh, it is okay. It is a prequel, absolutely. And the problem I had with it, Tim, is not necessarily a story. I thought the acting was dreadful. Really? Yeah, I thought the actors were ter- Every one of them was terrible. Even Joey Coco Diaz is Big Pussy's dad? Well, he didn't say much. <laughs> Joey Coco. Of course he didn't. He, he, he did not talk much. That's the whole problem with Joey. But he get, what, did he get punched or slapped or what happened? He got, he got drilled at some point, I know. He did, and then something else happens to his character, which I will not ex- right. I will not spoil. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Dickie Moltisanti was beating the crap out of him because of something he said about his mistress. Oh, that's right. That's exactly. Yeah, there you go, right there. How oh, dare you right, disparage right. my and mistress? That, that was uh, that was Joey Coco Diaz's big <laughs> moment there. Um, so, you know, one thing that I I did warn uh, with reviews last week was. You, you, this was not a Tony Soprano story at oh, God, all. Not at all, no. Not I mean, all. you know, you really only get to see that fury of Tony Soprano at the very end when uh, some kid was giving him crap about not getting a case of beer and then he, he wigged out and started punching him. You're right. But you didn't you didn't get it. And, and, and that was the little tiny scene with the future Carmella. Um, that was insignificant also, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, when you have this, now, don't get me wrong. I think the kid was good, but is it like a 10 or 11 year old actor playing him for the first hour of the movie? And then you don't get Michael Gandolfini for the last, you know, until the last hour of the movie, all this hype about this being the formative years of Tony Soprano, blah, blah, blah. Right. I think they really oversold that. And that's the There's problem no I had about that. That is the problem I had. I thought it was going to be about how Tony became Tony and it had nothing to do with that. Well, I'm thinking what's going to happen is, you know, David Chase coincidentally signed a big contract Friday, uh, the same day the movie came out. Oh, okay. uh, there's no, and with Warner Media, so there's no question that, you know, I don't think that, that the numbers matter here. I mean, it really debuted week with $5 million at the box office, but it also debuted on HBO Max. Right. So, you know, it, it, even if, you know, it costs 50 million to make, so that's a pittance compared to most stuff these days anyway. So there will be more. Yeah, um, so yeah. my guess is that this introduction was just that. Um, let's, let's set a template. And then now this next one, we're going to see Tony in his 20s and start to rise to power. And then you're going to see more of that strife between him and Uncle Junior that obviously you didn't get in this movie. Uh, that Uncle Junior had a problem with somebody else, and again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal who that was. But, you know, so yeah, I, there's more coming. So maybe what we're gonna get with the next movie is the sort of thing you probably 
we're expecting with this first movie. Well, That's the problem, big problem I had, Tim, is one of the reasons I loved The Sopranos so much was the sense of humor on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no sense of humor in this movie at all. Well, there's a little bit, but not yeah, nothing near to. And I think no. I mentioned it on KQ last week. You know, there just there there isn't time for those those great comedic moments. I mean, yeah. you have you have some funny scenes. I mean, I thought it was funny with what Uncle Junior's uh, <clears throat> date said to him when he was trying to make it with her yes. with the back brace on. Yeah. I mean, there were moments like that that were laugh out loud funny, but. At the same time, yeah, there, there's just not there's there isn't that room for the Sopranos type of humor that we're used to. Well, so yeah, yeah, I mean it's it was a tough deal, and honestly, I mean I like this whole idea of introducing uh, Dickie Maltasanti and his father, for that matter, to this story since he was you know Dickie was talked about in the series and. All of a sudden, now we get this idea of who he is, and you see these parallels of, of him being the mentor to Tony in the movie as opposed to Tony mentoring Christopher in the series. So, you know, there, there was story parallels, this, that, and the other thing that I liked. But, yeah, again, I, you're not alone with the way you feel. I do know that. And I know that Sopranos fans are speaking out online anyway, Reddit threads and stuff like that how they were disappointed so you know it's hard i i just kind of approach it like i gotta separate these two as yeah the best I, I, can. I understand that yeah understand. so and i i think i did a pretty good job at it because i i i actually like the movie you know and i know some some people mike mike didn't seem to hate the movie he just didn't see any point of it he told me you know? he hated it he lied <laughs> okay, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. No, you know what? He asked me about No Time to Die, and I said, well, I don't know. I'm kind of afraid to tell people what I think. You know, <laughs> yeah, there you go. With the many saints, uh, you know. <laughs> Look, one of the things that I loved about The Sopranos so much is the things that Tony would do, and they could have had some other character do it, but there was a scene in one of the episodes many years ago now, obviously, where they talked about what Uncle Junie did with his uh girlfriend slash wife or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh and then Tony God. spent the rest of the episode wandering around going, South to the border, where the tuna fish play. No, I, mean, I, just emailed you that, I emailed you that <laughs> clip, and, and Joe, Joe from Louisville told me that you were trying to play it on the show or whatever. I sent it along to Andy and Zepp as well. Oh, no, you did? Okay. You played it, but, but uh, oh, my God. That's a compilation of this stuff because it's spread throughout the episode. Yes. And so you get the, the little dig that Carmela gives uh, aims at Junior at the dinner table. Right. And then it goes to the bedroom and it's like, hey, what, what was that all about? And then she explained. And that's when he made the whistling to the wheat field remark, which is funny. <laughs> and then, and then, um, then it's to the golf course and Tony's really effing with him at the golf course. Oh, yeah. The, that was High hideous. Comedy. Oh, it it's was. a great scene. It it's a, a great scene. And you're right. You didn't, you didn't get any of that sort of stuff with no, the movie. I, I agree with that. But again, that's the sort of thing that that you had the time to play out. Yeah, I suppose. And, you know, it just they had to smash it. And, and and David Chase, you know, made it pretty clear too that he wanted to make a flat out mob movie. You well, know, was... apparently that that shootout scene um, outside of the restaurant was the most intense, most elaborate shootout scene that he's ever done. I, apparently nothing rose to, I can't remember anything in The Sopranos, and that's what he claims, that, that that was about the most epic 
sort of shootout scene that they ever had. So he wanted to give it that feel, you know, that gritty mob movie feel. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I take it you probably won't watch it again. No. See if you like it no. any better the second time. No. I definitely made me go back to the beginning of The Sopranos to start over with that, what? which is a cool thing, you know? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like it's been 14 years since the show ended, so you forget a lot of this stuff. Well, Tim, why, didn't, why did they choose uh, a movie rather than just doing a prequel series? Makes no I, sense. I, now, well, you, I because know. the big criticism of the movie is it, it just it, they couldn't get everything in. Well, they the people that are Sopranos fans, they would die to see a prequel of all these people coming of age and how they mature and the other people who have sort of didn't make it, so to speak. Uh, I, I just I, I don't understand why they chose the movie rather than just doing another series. Maybe they're going to do yeah, a prequel that, trilogy. Like Star yeah, Wars. That's a good question, Ralph. I mean, look, I think maybe part of the reason is it's like, okay, we, we're going to give you 50 million bucks here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, TV shows are extremely expensive to produce now. Um, and, I, I, you know, who knows how much a 13-episode series would have cost as opposed to a movie. I'm only speculating. Um, clearly, whatever... The, the post-mortem they do on this thing, because there will be, because again, it, I don't think it hit the target. One of the reasons they didn't think people went to the theaters because this was an older demographic and the older demographic is afraid to go back in the theater at oh, this point yeah. with COVID. Um, so, you know, at the time they made it, and, you know, they, it probably made a lot of sense, but then COVID happened and they had to push it back like everything else. And it was a victim kind of i guess you could say because of it yeah they, i don't think that they sensed that there was this change to streaming was this change to series and that older demographic like you say if, if those are the people who really enjoyed the sopranos the older demographic would have been much better with the series yeah yes, yeah it's it true, yeah, that's I, true. You know, I mean the, and, and, the logic know, is, is which i think it's an industry that's missing its mark they still thinking oh we got the we're going to do these big box office things it is done yeah i know put a fork in it it's done people are going to stream and watch them home and if you can do a series you are better off and yep, how much money they would have made a fortune off a series unless you're disney or marvel or whatever then yeah, yeah the, the, that's the, right. the age of the blockbuster is pretty much over i think it is yeah well i think the big thing the the, the determining factor of all of this is you don't have James Gandolfini anymore. Right, so right. obviously the whole idea of a sequel is dead. I mean, it, there's just no way you could do, you can't continue on from from where the series ended, no matter what you think of no, the ending. No, I'm saying a prequel uh, but, series. But, but, you know, so the idea of going back to these younger characters, I like that. Yeah. It's the only way they can do things. And, and again, maybe now after learning from how this performed as a movie, maybe that next step will be a series. You know, it's it's a hell of a lot of effort to discover that, hey, we should have done a, a series in the first place. But, you know, the, the Hollywood is a very fickle business, you know. I think most movies yeah. lose money. You know, it's not a, it's not a uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you always hear about the big stars making the big cash. But, you know, you don't hear about the studios losing a lot of money as much as you hear about the big contract. So yeah, most movies don't make money. Most, I don't know about series. I think series probably do better now, but again, it's the expense. And maybe now since they signed Chase to this big contract, we're going to see that series. Hopefully. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise it's going to be another movie and another two year wait. And 
It's kind of like leaving the air out of the balloon. All the excitement is gone in two hours. You know, I, I think that uh, the movie industry is a bit like the record industry. They are uh, stuck in their payola, not their payola, but they're stuck in their benefits and the in the. Their, uh, uh, expense accounts and things like that, and they don't want to disrupt that because if they disrupt it, then they lose out on that. And I think that, that's what happened to, to record the record industry, music yeah, industry. Yep. Yep. You know, music lands no more because they didn't want to move right. away from that. Yeah. Same thing in the, uh, the movie industry; they don't want to move away from movies because it's just all they know. Well, when I was listening, to you guys, uh, before uh, I was brought aboard, you were talking about video games. Yeah, that's. That's the medium that makes all the cash yep. now. That's yeah, where all the money get, is. You get a big, a hot new game that comes out. You're talking about people spending five hundred million dollars uh, on this new game God. in mm-hmm. its opening weekend. That's right, and that's it's insane. And it's that's crazy, weird. but it's, that's the way it goes now. That's true. And that, that happened with Grand Theft Auto 10 years ago. They had a release and they were over. Grand Theft Auto 5, yeah. Well, I think the biggest grossing game in history still. Yeah, 500 million, almost a billion dollars the first weekend. I don't know what the thing, but it was a huge amount of money that eclipsed all the movies that, oh, yeah. that whole year. Yep. Mm-hmm. We do have to take a break here, but I, I want to just quote Michael Imperioli as Christopher in The <laughs> Sopranos when I say. Hey, have you seen that new TV show that, uh, what is it called, Law & Order SUV? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, SUV, that's what it is, Michael. Or or Tony saying Hannibal Lecture. Hannibal Lecture. Hey, who do you think you are, Hannibal Lecture? (laughs) And, of course, the Hasidic Jew. Listen here, ZZ Top. (laughs) We'll be right back. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy. And that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. And the baby looks around him 
We'll be back, ladies and gentlemen, with Tim Lammers right now. Timmy, what's the latest? Well, you know, again, proving that not only does the movie industry have a problem with originality, Broadway has a problem with originality since the Silver Linings Playbook musical is headed to Broadway. Oh my God. What? You remember oh the Silver God. Linings Playbook? Oh, God. Yes. What? <laughs> musical? How are they going to no. make that what? a musical? <laughs> Everything's a musical. They, they, you know, that's where uh, Broadway mines all their stuff now from from feature films. It's insanity. I mean, it was that's... a it was a good movie. I yeah. liked it. Oh, but, great movie! Great but movie. But turning it into a musical, yeah, it doesn't it's seem not like cheery a enough for that. No, it's kind of a depressing movie. So was Rent. There is dancing in it, so well, I guess. But Rent was enough. started as a musical. Yeah. Didn't become yes. a musical after. I'm gonna say all. Not all musicals are happy. No, but, but like if this is a weird turning, tear of an hand. Yeah. yeah, turning a specifically downer with a little light at the end movie into a musical is good. It's a sad musical. Something. <clears throat> it's no. an opera. That's an opera. There we go. It's an opera. Just change it, it to an opera and we'll be good. Well, hey, they managed to make the Star Wars sequel trilogy into a kabuki play, so. They did? Yes. Oh, my God, Kabuki. It was very, very weird. Tim, I have a question for you. Of course it was. <clears throat> yeah. I do not remember it. It may have taken place, but I just don't remember it. I was a little uncomfortable with the race element in that movie as well because I don't remember the Sopranos singling out black people to prey on like they did well, in this movie. I thought about that as well, but in the first season, there was that, uh, it was at maybe at least a couple episodes. And again, I'm watching this from the beginning over again, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to remember where it might come back into play. But there is a deal with um, when um, Michael Imperio, when Christopher's girlfriend wants to be a mu- music producer, and, yeah, they, and yep. they make friends with this. Um, music executive this black music executive mm-hmm. who claims that hesh ripped off this black artist decades earlier and he wanted him to pay reparations is what he said um so it seemed to me there is that racial element that racial sort of tension thing there for at least a couple episodes and again whether they're going to get back into that i don't know uh, and that yeah yeah you know it is funny how they did have that conflict and then it seemed to go away in the movie and then uh, at the very end yeah, yeah you saw how there was that shift in power in a sort of way where the guy that used to be a runner for Dicky is now running his own thing so you know you know that you know because that character is not in the series correct I no not that I know because I was thinking okay wait am I missing something here. That seems sort of weird to me. But, again, yeah. I, I don't mind that movies will ground something in a historical event, especially a historical event that not that many people know about. And so that, that to me, was interesting. But you're right. I mean, I did think about that when it was happening, and, again, only to go into the series again saying, oh, well, there is that sort of tension thing going on. In the music industry, yes. Yes. But that's not Yeah, good. I mean, in the music industry, in the show. Yes. You know, you know, so, yeah, yeah, it's, again, I don't know why David Chase did what he did. I mean, I'd have to read up on it, but, uh, you know, I mean, again, setting things amid a, a, you know, if he wants to take the characters back a few decades, which he did, and it happens mm-hmm. to be 
around the same time. I mean, story-wise, it makes sense. And was there that, if for real, that sort of shift in uh, the power dynamic in in uh, the late 60s and early 70s? Well, there were race riots. The world was changing and there was so much conflict between the two <clears throat> factions. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not that historically... I just love mob movies, right? Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I well, did all that, and I, I do. don't, I, you know, and, and you know all the mob figures of real life, but you know so much about the stories behind them. Sometimes I just don't know. Uh, we need more lines again, like Tony Soprano talking to his mother, Nancy Marshawn. <laughs> hey, oh, ma, oh. do you hear about Hesh? Hesh uh, bought a horse farm, and his mother says, uh, "Who ever heard of a Jew on a horse?" <laughs> See, yeah, maybe they can't one do that. From the- Maybe, season. Yeah, maybe and, they can't do that now is the problem. They can't make funny references because nobody thinks that's funny anymore. Well, I think the last time, I, oh, it might have been last week when I was talking, it's like yeah. even when you go back to that show that went, is out, you know, it's 22 years old now, 1999. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of things that you couldn't do now today that they did then. There just aren't. Yeah. You know, so maybe they, God, you, you know, you wish that everybody would be like a Dave Chappelle or whatever and just yes. like give a crap yes. and just do what they want to do. A guy like Norm MacDonald, for example. I mean, he wasn't afraid. No matter what, he wasn't afraid. But, uh, yeah, you don't get that. You don't get that anymore. I, I, yeah, it's – they touch this really touchy subject matter, though, with that that deal with the race riots. Oh, uh, God, know? yeah. Oh, they, absolutely. They were, it was – yeah, I mean, I, I – <clears throat> It was interesting. It, to me, that, that whole story angle was interesting. And the way that one guy got tortured, uh, Polly Walnuts with the power tools. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 my God. But, again, typical Polly Walnuts. He's sitting there. I'm going to get blood on my suit here. I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to the guy who played him, Billy Magnuson, you know. They, you know, one thing, and I couldn't bring it up when I was talking with him, but it's like, jeez, you know. You want so much more of those characters, and you didn't get them. Yeah. You know? Yep, I you agree. got the funny thing with the hairpiece with with Silvio, and, you know, and, and, and Big Pussy was, that was really scant to me. I mean, mm-hmm. those three guys, you just didn't get a lot from them. And I understand, you got this movie, you got a two-hour movie, and you got so much to squeeze in that some of these characters are going to suffer, you know? And, and again, that they... There's character posters out and everything prior to the movie, and it, they oversell things, you know? They oversell it because and then they, it really boosts your expectations because you're thinking, all oh, right, you know, everybody's going to be a marquee player in this thing, and they're not. And that ultimately leads to disappointment, too. Yeah, Although, I can see that. talking about Livia Soprano, you notice that Vera Farmiga spot on delivered that one famous line from... Nancy Marchand in the series. I love her. I, I absolutely. Oh, poor you. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, poor <laughs> you. Yeah. It was the greatest of all. That was great. It that was. was great. It was indeed. Yeah, Vera's. She's a terrific actor. I love her. I. You know what? I think she was one of my favorite actors in the whole movie. Oh yeah. I. I just oh, love yeah. her anyway because she's so good with everything. Mm-hmm. Conjuring movies. Everything she does is great. And I thought she worked was worked really well too. But. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has seen the movie in studio, so I don't want to say too much, but there's a scene between her and Johnny Boy, that one in the car, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a couple in the back seat. I think it was Dickie and his mistress, and uh, Johnny, got, Johnny Boy got a little tired 
of Livia's yakking, and he does something really yep. extreme. And again, you know, to me, moments like that are important because it gives you an idea of why she is the way she is in the series. Mm -hmm. Why she became such a monstrous pain in the ass. You know, putting up with with all the, the, the volatile behavior of Johnny Boy. You know, so to me, that sort of thing helped inform this series a bit, I think. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's the kind of stuff I was looking for. Kind of like, what did these characters do in this movie that made them the way they are now? And again, a lot of times, like you're saying with young Tony, you just didn't really get a lot of that. No, so you didn't. And why he is the way he is. There's no sense of humor. But, you know, there's very little sense of humor in anything now. There's not a whole lot of funny <laughs> stuff on, uh, on television. I think people are afraid anywhere. to be funny. Is they what are. Is. Yeah. Oh, my God, you made fun of them. Yeah, well, tough hop. That's how my whole neighborhood got along. If people what? weren't making fun of you, it meant they hated you. Okay, if, that's how it went. If yeah. they would have, if if there would have been a character in there that they would have made fun of that isn't politically correct today, yeah, you can bet your bottom dollar that somebody would be screaming their heads mm -hmm. off right now. Oh yeah. Or, now, in in some cases, that's a good thing because this whole screaming of boycott this, boycott that, only gives the film publicity and ultimately yeah. ultimately helps it. So maybe they should have gone there, you know, with yeah, somebody, maybe. but they. They didn't. They didn't. But uh, yeah, it's just right now. You're you're right. People are just afraid. It's like a preemptive. Oh my God, is this going to offend somebody? This can't be in a script. Let's take it out. No, you're 100 percent right. I got to ask you eventually uh, about a, a new series that's on uh, streaming right now. It's called Midnight Mass. You know that? I just started watching it. Oh, you did. I I didn't I didn't get that far into it. I. I some other stuff came up, but it's it's uh, it looks really damn good. I will tell you something. Catherine and I are on, just finished the third episode last night. The acting in that show is the best acting I've seen in a long time. My God, those people are good actors. Kate Siegel, you know, people like her, just terrific in the in the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great series out there now, and and and, and there's a reason why a lot of your A-listers are moving over to oh, streaming yeah. now. And, and again, this kind of gets back to what we were talking about with The Sopranos and this whole deal of, you know, what do you want to call it, story exposition or whatever, mm -hmm. where they really do get to spread things out and, and really become, their, their, their characterizations are better. It's not crammed into, you're not fighting for screen time in a two-hour movie to, to try to give some meaning to a, a character or whatever. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. There's another weird, very weird series that's kind of taken the internet by storm, also on Netflix, called Squid Game. Oh, yeah, people love Squid Game. Yep. What a bizarre show that is. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Isn't it basically just Saw meets Battle Royale? It seems like that. That's what I... Well, I was watching it with my oldest daughter, and she said... I said, yeah, this is like the Hunger Games. Yeah, you know, which basically, is, which yeah. basically, uh, yeah. which is which basically itself, Battle Royale. Yeah, is Battle Royale. And then she said, yeah, but the, the contestants aren't going after each other. They're not trying to kill each other. The, 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 the organizers of the game are killing the people in Squid Game. Not, not the people. Yeah, so I can see it. But yeah, for some weird, weird reason, it has that same sort of tone. So it's like Battle Royale meets Takeshi's Castle. A.K.A. Uh, most extreme elimination challenge. 
<laughs> well, basically, yes. And and played with like children's games, mm -hmm. like red light, green light. And if you move the slightest millimeter, uh, in when you're standing still, you get shot. You know? Well, yeah, that's basically yeah. That was basically how um, Takeshi's Castle was. It's like you have to hop across this pond, but if you step on the wrong stone, then you fall into the water and you're out. It's just like take that, but add death. Yeah, not yeah, now yeah, now they're getting taken out by a sniper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very very strange series, and uh, I, I'm only two episodes in. But when you hear things like, "Oh, the most disturbing TV series ever made," what? I'm not getting at with the first two episodes. That's for sure. But what the hell are they gonna do to make it the most disturbing? Again, I don't think people's tolerance. And this kind of ties into the comedy thing, Tom. You know, when we, when the com comedians have pulled back, the, a new standard is set. Yes. Okay. Yep. So something that was relatively benign before, because now that's where we're at, that seems shocking now to today's audiences, where we're used to seeing a lot worse or hearing a lot worse. And that might be the case with this. What is so shocking and disturbing in this series? Uh, that people would say that, you know, I might, because I'm looking for it and I'm not seeing it, at least not, not through two episodes. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it, streaming does help. There's no doubt about that. There's not a whole lot of good stuff out there, just a few uh, streaming shows. And, well, I look around every night because uh, I can't, I, I used to watch the news. I can't watch more than five minutes of the news right now. It doesn't matter what it's on, Fox or CNN or MSNBC or what. I can't watch these people for more than five minutes because it's just me, 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 what I believe in, more me now. That's all it is. It's disgusting. Well, you, you were talking about, uh, again, the game thing earlier and how younger folks aren't watching television. Right. One thing, the, for sure, the number one thing they're not watching is broadcast. Broadcast is, oh, it's I over. mean, you know what those numbers are. Cable has to be suffering with streaming. And oh. if you're smart, like a Disney, like a Warner Media, whatever, Paramount, you know, they're all branching out into their streaming services. They're making it, uh, 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 not a la carte, but what, what am I thinking? They're making their whole menu available to people to watch whatever they want, whenever they mm -hmm. want. And that's the way to go. And there are a lot of um, networks that have, or, or I don't know, I don't know how HBO numbers do ver versus HBO Max, but I gotta believe that HBO Max is kicking whatever. Oh yeah, I think you're know, absolutely right about cable that. Cable viewers, yeah, it is a great streaming service. I love HBO. Max. Yeah, it is good. There's no doubt about it. What the the biggest problem I have with what you're talking about, and it is a big problem. Because these services, these rating services, are trying to stay in business. Because once broadcast goes away, they're done. Because you, <laughs> yeah. you don't need a, 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 right. a well, number. Streaming services have all that built in. They have it all built in. And it's in. way more accurate, too. And way more accurate. And here's the problem you got. Whether it's radio or television, I've looked at the numbers. You can tell just by glancing at them, most of those people don't even exist. I mean, it's pretty frightening, actually. And they're trying to stay in business. I understand that. But a lot of stuff's being made up as they go along, I'll mm -hmm. tell you that. Well, it's like anything else. I mean, it's like newspaper when it, when the internet yes. came along and they didn't take the thing seriously. With, yep. You know, their money was made on classifieds and all of a sudden Craigslist <laughs> comes yep. along and takes them yep. out. And, and, and they didn't adjust. They didn't adjust soon enough. So, you know, whoever... 
is Nielsen still the major streaming or, or uh, uh, rating service? I, guess, I mean, yeah. did, they, did they adjust in any sort of way to keep themselves in business? I don't know. And it, and it's possible that certain industries can't adjust. I mean, to look at the yeah. example of Kodak, Kodak, Ugh. way before digital cameras came out, realized, hey, we have a digital camera. They yep. made one of the maybe the first digital camera, mm -hmm. but their their profit model was based on film, which was much higher than yes. these digital cameras. Yep. And they just could not pivot. They couldn't pivot because it was just financially impossible and probably culturally impossible based on what you think. So the music industry, the movie industry, I mean, they, these people just can't move. They well, the can't ratings move. systems with TV, especially radio, the problem with radio is that it's a 100% one-way communication. Oh, that's yeah. it's, a, it's a broadcast tower, and your radio just listens to it. It doesn't send any information back at all. Right, exactly. So the radio station can't get information from radios. There's just literally no way for it to do that. So how do you work around that? And no one's been able to figure that out. No, and I don't think haven't. they ever will, except for putting... You'd have to put... I mean, maybe you could put, like, cell or Wi-Fi-enabled broadcasters in radios that then broadcast to a server that they collect their data from. But that's really not that much better than or you what make, they have now. Or you make it all satellite, and then you're, you have to... You're, You'd have to. You're, 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 you have to sign on, and then they can collect the data. Yes. With the satellite. Well, so that's what, what Sirius does. Yeah, they they know what you're listening to because you have yeah. an account... And they know that you, they know your specific radio ID, so they know what it's tuned to at any given time. They don't know. They don't. But Sirius does not do well. No, it doesn't. Everybody talks about. Oh, so I mean, even the Howard Stern show doesn't do that great. No, it's. I don't know why, but yeah, it just well, never really well, took the, off. The mistake they made is that they should be giving away those radios. Yes, that is. Yeah, right. that's the subscription model. People just, although you'd think with the streaming boom, people would be more inclined to do subscription-based things. Yeah, you'd think, because that's what that's what everything is now. Everything's subscription-based. You got well, Netflix, yeah. Disney Plus, Hulu, Discovery Plus, all those things. Everyone's paying, you know, five, <clears throat> seven, whatever dollars a month. What's another five, seven dollars a month for the radio? Yeah, but what? But radio's free. That's all the way. Radio is free, and the quality programming on that radio is, is free. So that is true. Whether you listen to a ball game, whether you you know, it's just it's a right. free service. It's just no, it's not free. You're, there's advertising that you're oh, listening yeah, to. Oh yeah, so that's free, I suppose. Yeah, but it's so they wouldn't do a subscription for something free. Right. Yeah, right. That's right. true. Yeah, because the radio is so ubiquitous, you can't go anywhere in this country and not have some form of radio signal. Yeah. Whereas with the TV, you have to have a bunch of supplementary equipment to make it work. Here's another problem that I'll mention as we kind of only got about a couple of minutes left here. They're having a hell of a time coming up with the plastic to make the little carrier things to, to prove that you're listening to any specific radio station. Mm. They, they can't get the plastic to make the little receivers. That's because America doesn't uh, use its own resources anymore. That's exactly right. Well, they go back to paper diaries. <laughs> they go back, yeah. sit down and write it down in a little <laughs> paper book. And, and make sure to put on the turntable and listen to music with that vinyl album when you're doing it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. People That's are doing that. That's making a comeback. Yeah. That's oh, making vinyl, a comeback, yeah. vinyl. It is. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, nor do Sounds I. Good. I've never... Sounds good. It, does, it doesn't. It does. Clicks and pops and all that. It, it oh, sounds nostalgic, but it doesn't yeah, sound yeah. objectively good. Well, and you, Or your ears have to be exceptionally good to be able to hear the harmonics that maybe are clipped out with digital music. But digital music can be made just as good 
You just have to have and you have to some put black audio or something. Yeah. yeah. No, there's like a, to me, there's a deeper sound to a final track. I don't know why. It, it know might why just I be my it. emotional craziness. I don't know. <laughs> I've only purchased a couple reissues of vinyl since this whole turntable thing uh, mm -hmm. made its resurgence. I, I just like the nostalgia of it. Honestly, that yeah, the, I think the, that's the, what the, yeah. the art on the on the albums, you know, the album cover art is, you know, really cool. And and so it's that kind of yeah, it's a total nostalgia thing for me. It's never been about the sound quality. Right. Although maybe maybe if I put on a pair of decent headphones and listen, maybe it is there. But you know, no it. It, but it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. I mean, it's so funny. I remember the time when albums were being phased out of, of departments. Oh, yeah. Rack. Oh, yeah. And now now then then it began with the CDs. And now the album racks are getting bigger all mm -hmm. of a sudden again. So that's kind of kind of kind of a weird thing to witness in one lifetime to see something completely disappear only to make a comeback. Like yeah, that. it doesn't the, happen often. The grandkids found a CD. And they're like, look at this shiny disc! <laughs> I thought it was, you know, to throw at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's true. One of my favorite vinyl stories of all time, the Sgt. Pepper album came out. A friend of mine wanted me to listen to it, and we're listening to it, and it started skipping, as vinyl did once in mm -hmm. a while. And here's what you heard from the Beatles. Woke up, woke up. Woke up, woke up, woke up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's really good. That's really a barn burner. Lovely. It's like n revolution number nine. Number, number nine. nine. How number it actually nine. is. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> yeah, that's just the song. I don't know. I'll miss it all. Timmy, we appreciate your time today, and don't ever recommend a movie to me again. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know. I told Mike that. I said he asked me about Bond, and I said I'm almost afraid to say stuff. About <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, so I, I will be talking about No Time to Die Thursday on the morning show, and I'm not going to recommend it to you, Tom. I'll just tell you in advance. I'm not All right. recommending. Catherine doesn't There's like There's not Tom a No Time anyway. to Die already. Yes, there is. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this yeah. sounds familiar. Yes, there is. <laughs> well, it's the James, new one. James Bond. Yes. But there, there, the was, new Bond. there was. There so was. Uh, you only live twice. I and still have was, no time to there's die. There's no time to die. There was an earlier one. <laughs> there was yeah. an earlier version. Yeah, I think All so. titles do have that same sort of yeah. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah. All right, okay, Pally, we'll, we'll talk to you Thursday. Great, yeah, and have a great week, everybody. We'll you too, Timmy. Tim yeah, Lambert, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a break. Be back in a few minutes. Kristen Burt will join us.